for my business specifically, I tell them even if they aren't interested in, in getting in front of the camera or the microphone, I tell them to do podcasts. Even if nobody's listening, you got to find your voice. And when you're talking with other people, um, I think it's really important to have interview skills in whatever business you're going to go into. You have to interact with people. Hi, everybody. Good day. Welcome back to Beyond High Street. David Schwab here. We're just days away from the Major League Baseball All-Star Game in Washington, D.C., so I thought a perfect time to put Chris Rose on the pod. As many of you know, Chris co-hosts Intentional Talk on MLB Network, Major League Baseball Network, with Kevin Millar. He does that for many months during the year, and the other months, when others maybe have free time, he does it. He switches over to football and has a show with LaDainian Tomlinson and Deion Sanders on the NFL Network. Chris, 93 English journalism major, got his break when he just walked down to Millette as he shares in the pod and asked the SID director for a spot to help out broadcasting some radio games. And really the rest is history. First job through a Miami connection, making $4.85 part-time in a station in Cincinnati. And as he shares throughout the pod, he's been uh, really living a dream and passion for the past 20 years. I really like, though, what he talks about in finding your voice and in a world where we interact less and less face-to-face, learning some skills that will um, pay dividends down the road. I really appreciate Chris spending some time, busy time of year for him. We start the conversation about why Miami and as he had transferred in as a sophomore. Thanks for listening. Well, for me, I was a little different. I came in as a transfer student. So I went to the University of Michigan my freshman year and then transferred down to Miami. And um, when I was at Michigan, I was part of the student radio program up there. But since I was a freshman, I didn't get to call games or anything. But I did like a weekly newscast where I was putting stories together. Some were sports-oriented, some weren't. But, you know, I had sports DNA in my system uh, ever since I was a little kid. So I knew I wanted to do something in sports. And when I got to Miami, um, there was a student radio station, WMSR. There was a sports department where, you know, people could do little updates on what was going on around Miami. And I was like, okay, who do I talk to about calling games? And they looked at me like I had six heads. They're like, what do you mean? And, um, so I was like, yeah, I'm not down here to not call games. So, um, I went right into the sports information department, uh, over at Millette and there was a great young guy there named Brian Teeter, who was the sports information director in charge of the entire university. But he was a young guy. He saw I was hungry and he was, um, he was excited about, you know, maybe giving kids an opportunity. So we were able to do the football games on tape delay. We were able to do the basketball games on tape delay. We were eventually able to do like baseball live, hockey live, um, things of that nature. So, you know, I'm always proud of the fact that, that we were kind of the class that got that started Mm -hmm. for kids. And that was, those provided some of the best memories I had in the three years that I was at Miami. And did you, and you said starting in radio at Michigan and then doing that at Miami, was radio already a preferred medium for you versus TV or just seemed that that was the opportunity right then? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I had had um, an internship in radio beforehand. Uh, at that point, when I got to Miami, I didn't know which direction I really wanted to go. I didn't know if I wanted to work in media. I didn't know if I wanted to work with a team, a league, anything. So I was just trying everything I could. Um, I loved radio. I loved calling games. Uh, I actually had the chance to be the play-by-play guy on the TV side my senior year. So whenever there was a Miami home game, I did the, the TV, and it was great. I loved it. Um, you know, for me, I, I really kind of found out in between my junior and senior years in college uh, during an internship at CNN in Atlanta, like I knew I wanted to go into TV. And so that's what kind of solidified it for me. And um, after that, I had an internship my senior year at WCPO in, in Cincinnati. I'd drive down a couple times a week with, uh, with Denny Jansen and, and uh, Pop, um, who I believe are still in town and doing their thing. And it was great. It was a great experience. What, what, what was it at that CNN internship that made you say TV was the preferred spot over radio? Um, I thought probably the fact that when you're on camera that you can have a little bit more of a personality, I think, and listen, radio people debate that till they're blue in the face. And I think people that, that host radio shows, oh, three or four hours, I think they're some of the most talented people in our business. And I think it's really, really tough and challenging. I don't know if I could do that every day. Um, but I just feel like with facial expressions, with hosting shows, with trying to get guys from A to B, I just felt like that maybe fit my skill set a little bit better than radio. Yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of guys in the broad, I mean, you know this better than I do, but in broadcasting and media, Miami grads, and we've got one here in D.C., John Walton, the voice of the Caps from a radio, who's obviously had a nice little run with the Stanley yeah, Cup. Not but, bad. Yeah, but Bill Hammer and others. I mean, it just feels like there's a, there's a lot of uh, people in the media, radio or TV, coming out of Miami, but not necessarily a place that people probably went to Oxford for. Or it no, they didn't. I mean, listen, we're not going to make any uh, breaking news here. Miami's best known as a business school, and it's a wonderful program. Uh, I would say. 80% of my friends at, at Miami went through the business school. And, um, but that doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities and avenues. And listen, I got my start in this business. Uh, my first job out of Miami was running studio camera at the ABC, then ABC affiliate in Cincinnati, Ohio. It was the morning job. I was making $4 and 85 cents an hour part-time work. And the reason I got that job was because of Candy Durking, who went to Miami. And we had had the same professor, uh, Hugh Morgan, in journalism. And Cammy didn't know me. I didn't know her. But we both knew Hugh. And he set us up for a meeting. I met with her. She said, listen, I'll have you meet the head of our production guy, uh, the head of our production, a guy named Tom Suko. And it was just that introduction that got me on my way. It would have been very easy for me to go back home to Cleveland after I graduated uh, with a degree in English journalism. My dad was a very successful business person in Cleveland, could have gotten me a decent entry-level position. I probably would have been very happy living in Cleveland, 
<clears throat> excuse me, going to my Cleveland sporting events, hanging out with some of my friends, and had a nice life. But because I took the chance at Miami, and they took a chance on me, um, I've gone a totally different path, and I've loved every minute of it. There's something, I mean, we're, when, when all of us are bombarded every day with emails, but there is something a little bit different when the subject says something with Miami University in it. At least for me, it kind of rises to the top or uh, certainly something I want to at least take a peek at. Yeah, I mean, here's the deal. Um, they do a wonderful program under Dr. Kleiman in the communications department where every winter they come out here for a three-week like Hollywood crash course, if you will. And they spend at least half the time going around from Miami alum to Miami alum, whether they are an agent in a major agency. Um, I believe the executive producer of NCIS is a Miami alum. There's people in the music industry out here. I speak with them because um, one of our lead producers over at the NFL Network, where I also work, uh, Charlie Yook is, is a Miami grad. And so every, you know, one time a year in early January, I speak to these, these people who want to get into media or PR. Uh, some want to be in front of the camera, others behind it. And, uh, you know, I meet with them for 90 minutes. I love doing it. I love it. I love talking to young people about, just, you know, it's not so much where I've been, but it's where they want to go. And I, I spend the time not telling them about my story. Um, I'll answer any questions they've got with that. But I want to know what is driving them. I want to know what concerns and questions they have. Uh, because the game has changed so significantly in the 25 years since I graduated. Yeah, and actually we had Charlie on the pod. He did it, I think, from Dallas right before the draft. All right, hold on. You had Charlie on the pod? Yeah. Oh, for goodness sakes. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all of your listeners out there for having Yuki on there. I actually, you know, see, yeah, go ahead. Did you say, were you going to say that you actually enjoyed him? <laughs> no, I was going to say, believe it or not, I think there's been four or five guys that have talked about that Hollywood crash course and have just, everyone's raised their hands to say, it's been such a good program for them too, not just for the mentee, but the mentor. I love it. Yeah, I love it. You know, Charlie always sends me an email because he's kind of the um, the kingpin of it for me. And he's like, uh, Roser, they're, uh, they're coming out again. I was like, sign me up. I mean, I love that there's not one time I've said no. I mean, the only thing that could get in the way of is a scheduling conflict. But I, I love speaking to the classes. I think it's important that we continue to give back as much as we can. Some of the people um, still reach out a few years later, whether it's to update me or, or just say thanks. And, you know, I'm happy to help out in, in that area, too, because we all need somebody that can give us a boost in whatever business we're trying to get into, right? I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. And if you're not willing to give back, then shame on you. Yeah, and what do you, how, and certainly for you and me about the same age, the world has changed a lot in 25 years. What, what are the questions I guess the students are asking now that they weren't asking 10 years ago or maybe a, a different direction or way to think that you're telling people now versus what you would have told them 10 years ago? Well, I mean, for, for my business specifically, I tell them even if they aren't interested in, in getting in front of the camera or the microphone, I tell them to do podcasts. Even if nobody's listening, you've got to find your voice. And when you're talking with other people, um, I think it's really important to 
have interview skills in whatever business you're going to go into. You have to interact with people. I know that it seems like more, you know, less and less we're doing that face to face and things of that nature. But I think that when it ultimately comes down to it, whether you're doing business deals or whether your big deal is to interview somebody for your livelihood, you have to be able to know how to ask questions, how to use your ears, things of that nature. So I tell them to just do a podcast. You don't have to have the, all the fancy equipment, but you can figure out a way around campus to put it together. And I said, it doesn't matter if your parents are the only ones that are listening. That can give you a voice. And a decade ago, podcasting was not the big thing. You know, now everybody does it. Let's all do respect here, David. But, <laughs> but right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, how, we, it's how we take in um, programming these days. We're so much on the run. We're in our car. We're in an airplane. We're traveling around. Um, we have to go to our kids' practices, but maybe there's a little bit of downtime. So I'll listen to a podcast for 40 minutes. I want to work out. I want that on demand. That's, that's just a big deal with what, with what we're doing these days. And, um, I think it's a great way to pass the time and, and, you know, um, put out information and, and entertainment. Yeah, I can't remember who said it, but I heard recently someone talking about radio and audio, and it's it's easier, easier, of course, to interview somebody, but go go create an audio file of yourself for five minutes and talk and, and try to learn how to converse with an audience, even as you said, if no one's listening, when they're not right in front of you. And it's it's not something that's probably natural to a lot of people, but it's a skill that for sure is, is worth developing. What about life for you now? So MLB Network, NFL Network, you've got different seasons and different timing, different challenges with both or similar, similar jobs or similar, I guess, outcomes of what you're trying to do? Well, for me, uh, there, here's the great thing. There is no off season. I am really, really fortunate. Um, I work in, you know, I work at the biggest sport there is in the NFL, and baseball still has a huge following. Um, and I love them both. They are totally different shows. What I do, I do a Monday through Friday show for MLB network called intentional talk, which for people that haven't seen it, uh, my co-host is Kevin Millar, Kevin Millar, who helped the O four Red Sox break the 86 year curse. And, um, so we do this Monday through Friday. We are great friends. We have been for 15 years, ever since he used to come on the best damn sports show period. And the thing that I always like to say is some people end up doing TV shows together and end up being really good friends. This is a show where really good friends happen to have a camera on them. So for those that haven't seen it, it is two guys that are almost exactly the same age. We're dads. We're out of shape. We got dad bods. We're dealing with all sorts of life issues. Baseball's almost the backdrop of what we're doing every day. We could be mad at each other. We could be happy with each other. It's like two brothers just killing it, having fun out there and talking to baseball players. And then I got my NFL show, which on Sunday nights I get to do with two of the greatest players in the history of the sport in Deion Sanders and LaDainian Tomlinson. And we're breaking down the day in the NFL and having fun. Like it doesn't, I couldn't handpick two better jobs for me. Um, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly watching games. Um, I'm talking to people in the sport and 
it's a blast. I mean, I can count on my fingers and toes in, in 20 years of being on TV, the number of times I haven't wanted to do my job. And it's usually because there's something else going on in my life with one of my kids or, you know, whatever it could be. But it's not because of the job. I'm curious before we wrap before we wrap here when you talk about constantly reading and it feels like every person on the pod always talks about the thirst to learn and just growing every single day when you read how much of it is about football or baseball or are there certain passion subjects that just fuel you as you think about just family life or professional life or the future. I wish um, I did more reading outside of my job. I really do. And it's something I got to get better at. Uh, I think actually taking more time for myself is a, is a challenge that as I, as I approach 50, I need really need to do because I've been grinding for so long. Um, and I don't want anybody to feel bad for me. This is the path I've chosen. Uh, and you know, cause so much of it is focused on work, work, work. And then when I'm not working, I'm spending as much time with my kids as possible that I think I'm like a lot of people out there. Like, how do you find the balance to find some you time, right? It's me time. It's not selfish. Uh, I wish I would do a better job with it. Um, it's one of the things that I'm so envious about with Kevin Millar. We always joke, everybody that we work with always jokes that, that Kevin, and if you don't know him, he's just got this big personality. It's fun. Like he, he, he doesn't have a ton of worries in the world. He lives on this beautiful lake in Austin, Texas. He's got four kids under 13. He's out on the boat every day. He goes golfing five days a week. It's ridiculous. Like he lives the charmed life. And I wish some of it would rub off on me <laughs> that it, he just, he can get away and not have a, wor a worry. We were together last week in Secaucus because one week a month we go do the show up there together. The rest of the time we're actually doing it out of our respective homes where MLB Network's nice enough to build studios. And Kevin turned to me and he goes, boy, Rosie, he goes, you're multitasking right now. I, he goes, I couldn't do one of the things you're doing right now, let alone the three things. You're writing an email. You're talking to our producer about what's in the show. And you're reading a shot sheet, getting ready for this. He's like, how do you do that? I said, Kevin, be thankful you don't have to do this. Like, you have figured it out. Like, you've made it to the top of your baseball field. You've made it pretty far in television, which was not your given industry. And you're having the time of your life, bro. You have figured it out. And um, it's kind of a long-winded answer to, I think we all need a little bit more Kevin Millar when it comes to, uh, to eventually being an adult, you need to find a really good balance and I'm still searching for that and he's found it. And I am, uh, I am, I'm happy for him that he's done that. And I'm hoping it rubs off on me. Thanks Chris for spending some time. I appreciate it. I know it's a busy time of year. Uh, I really like the closing there and everybody needs a little bit of Kevin Millar in them. I really wasn't sure when I started out on this pod journey, what we would get from everybody, but there's been some uh, similar similar conversations and traits and, and people learning business and professional and personal skills as they journey on in life, but also a common thread from all these Miamians and alum of giving back and learning and sharing 
and as Chris says, reading and taking a little bit more me and family time in the future. Really appreciate Chris listening, everybody listening, share with friends, family, and all folks from Oxford. See everyone at Skippers real soon.